Come on, we are here to celebrate today. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, I want to go ahead and ask you if you'd like to turn in or on your Bibles to Matthew chapter 12. That's going to be our first verse today, but I'm going to be real honest. We're going to skip around a little bit. So if you're taking notes, and I hope that you do, we always encourage note-taking here at Radiate, whether you're in the house or whether you're online. We always encourage that so you can go back and you can read the scriptures on your own and you can dissect and, and, and digest what God is saying. But I want you to title the message this, Build with me. Somebody look at somebody next to you and say, build with me. Build with me. You guys, we're we going to get some Red Bull up in the house eventually. No. Uh, build with me. We're, I'm excited to talk about this today. I'm so, so pumped uh, the week before Christmas to talk to you about something that really excites me about um, how God is building his house and he's using us. But if you look around, you'll see today in the room, uh, you've seen it online on the stage, but you see some crazy Christmas sweaters in the room today. And um, Pastor Chris even had his lighting up. He said, I came to brighten the room. Get it? Because it light, lights up. Okay, anyway. Um, no, uh, so we, we had crazy Christmas sweater day today. Uh, you probably saw some on the way out as you were coming in. You see some all around us. Maybe you're sitting on your couch and you have one on. I would question a lot of things in that moment, but take a picture of you and your crazy Christmas sweater at some point today and tag Radiate Church. We would love, love, love to see a lot of those pictures, whether you're at home, whether you're in the house, it does not matter. Hey, uh, so I, I get really pumped talking about this topic today. It's something that I'm really passionate about. Is something that means a lot to me because the truth is, is let me, let me ask you this question. Let me start it this way. How many of you guys with a raised hand would say, I want to be a part of something bigger than myself at some point in my life? I want to be a part of something bigger. Ro hands all over the room. I would venture to say that online you're probably uh, raising your hand or thinking, yeah, that's me. And the truth is, is that most of the people that I talk to and in fact, I'd say probably 98% of the people that I talk to want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, something bigger than what they can do by themselves, something bigger than what they can do alone. Because the, what I've learned in my life is that through the human nature, that's just kind of how we're wired. We're just wired. We just function that way. We want to be a part of something bigger, something greater than what we can do just by ourselves, right? And so we kind of do this thing. And that, I would venture to say this. This is just a theory this is just a thought. That's probably why social media has taken off a little bit more than it should, or more than, than maybe we thought it would. I don't want to say than it should, but more than we thought it would, because it gives us an opportunity to connect to a wider base. It gives us an opportunity to connect to things that are bigger than just our personal physical circle in the moment, right? That's probably why around the holidays, especially during this time, there's more generosity that takes place right, right now. That's why, you know, we're doing a, a new coat drive uh, for Radiate Kids. One of our kids had the opportunity and the idea to collect new coats for kids in need around here. And we're having great success with that. Like, that's why. Because we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And what we know is, in order to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, we have to join with others. We can't do it just by ourselves. Because, obviously, we want to be a part of something, what, bigger than ourselves. And so I want, I want to talk to you today that we're wired that way because watch, because God wants to do something bigger through you. God wants you to do something bigger than what you can do by yourself. God wants to be a part of this thing to where you accomplish. See, our, our mission statement here at Radiate is equipping and empowering people to live the life God intends. 
In other words, God intends for us to live a life in such a way that we have to be equipped and empowered at all times with others to be a part of it. And God desires, hear me, as much as you desire to be a part of something bigger than yourself, God desires that for you. God wants that for you. But not only does God want to do something, um, God wants you to do something, God wants to go through something with you. Are you with me? He wants to go through more with you. Not just do more, but go through more. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, this statement is made. It says that my God will never leave you nor forsake you. I, 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 some of you need to hear that today. Maybe you're online and you need to hear that. Maybe you're just at a place to where it's difficult and you need to hear the fact that you are not alone. You are not by yourself. You're not going through the heartache. You're not going through the struggle. You're not going through the stress. You're not going through the frustration. You're not going through the depression. You're not going through the addiction alone. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you because I know some of us think that when we go through difficulty, he walks out the room. When we go and we do things that are, it is, has nothing to do with God and we make decisions, we're in clubs, we're in bars, we're doing these things that have nothing to do with God, God's not there. It says he will never leave you, never forsake you. It doesn't mean that he is with you and goes, great job, you're doing the right thing. It means that he's still with you through it. Hear me today. He doesn't write you off. He doesn't hate you. He's not against you. He's for you. He loves you and he'll never walk away from you. We've got to know that first and foremost. God wants to do great things with you, but he wants to go through great things with you. Deuteronomy 31.6, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And God wants to go through those things with us because he wants to do things with us. He wants to do great things with us. In fact, as Jesus is, it says that he's teaching people how to pray. In fact, he says, let me teach you how to pray. And that's where the Lord's prayer comes from. And there's this statement in the Lord's Prayer, and it says it this way. It says, thy or your will be done on what? Earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done, your will be done on earth right here where we live, where we reside, where we are. This is not our home. This is not our eternal home. This is our stopping place. This is our rest area. On earth as it is in heaven. Well, how in the world is God going to do things on earth as it is in heaven? Watch this. There has to be a conduit. There has to be a way to get heaven to earth. And watch this. It's us. God wants to do great things through you, with you, because he wants to bring heaven to earth in you. If, if, in fact, I want to I show it to you like this, right? So it actually sets it up in the Old Testament through the New Testament because the reality is I, my attempt today is going to be to very uh, hopefully bring you from Old Testament to New Testament beginning to end and show you that God wants to do amazing things with you and through you and for you and in this world to bring heaven to earth because you and I are, are called, we are designed, we are um, um, just made to do great things on this earth. And sometimes we can think we're disqualified. Sometimes we can think, well, God hasn't set it up that way. I just need you to know that the thing that you desire to do that is greater than you, God already wants to do, and he's planning the path for you. And we're going to look Old Testament and the New Testament today, and we're going to let them complement each other to see what that looks like. There's this thing in the Old Testament, this place in the Old Testament, that if we're not careful, we'll look over because we feel like it has no relevance to our life today, called the temple. 
The temple is the place where there was the outer courts, the inner courts, and the holy of holies in the temple. And this is where people went, right? This was like people think whenever we hear the church, we think, or the temple, we think, well, that's the church. That's where we are today. And, and, and the temple was used way back in the day. In fact, we talked about this several weeks ago. When the Israelites had escaped from the Egyptian slavery, right? They were in the wilderness. They actually made a portable temple. They made a temple that was portable so that they could do things at the temple. The reality is the temple did this. The temple was the place where people went to worship. It was the place where people went for forgiveness. It was the place where people went for healing. And so when we see the temple, it was the representation of, of, you, you, of the intersection of heaven. Watch this. God wants heaven to come to where? Come on. Heaven to earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The temple was the intersection, the place where heaven and earth collided. It's where when people went to the temple, they got forgiveness. So when they needed forgiveness back in those days, you had to do sacrifices and rituals to enter the forgiveness in the temple. And so they'd go and they would sacrifice what they needed to sacrifice and they'd do what they needed to do in order to get the forgiveness of God in that time and that day so that they could move forward with their life. In fact, it was also a place to where there was a place called the Holy of Holies. And if you could get into the inner courts, you could worship. But the Holy of Holies is where the Ark of the Covenant sat. It's where the presence of God, the Holy Spirit sat. And only the holiest of peoples went in there. I'm going to tell you right now, I would not be going in there. Because if you went in at the wrong time, if you were not holy enough, if you weren't cleansed enough, you wouldn't come out. The presence of God would literally kill you in that day. It's a powerful thing. And so they'd go in there, and they, if they wanted an encounter with God, that's where they went. In fact, they went to the temple for healing. The man that laid uh, for a long time by the pool of Bethesda, guess what? That was right there by the temple. I've been to the pool of Bethesda. It's a crazy sight and a crazy thing to think about. It's right there by the temple. Why? Because they believed that it was right there at the temple where healing took place. So the place was the intersection of heaven and earth in that one place at the temple, right? And so the temple was the place where people went for all of those things. And then something interesting took place. Jesus comes along. And now if you read and you know anything about the story of Jesus, right? He lives his life for 33 years on the earth. He spent 30 years preparing for three years of ministry. He comes in, he's doing his thing, he's doing all that, and now people are coming to Jesus for teaching. Now people are coming to Jesus for healing. Now people are coming to Jesus for forgiveness. Now there's a big shift that begins to take place in this time. There's a big shift that begins to take place in this moment to where people aren't going to a place for healing. People aren't going to a place for wisdom. People aren't going to a place for, for forgiveness. Now they're going to a person. Watch this. The lady that was with the issue of blood for 12 years spent everything she had Every dime she had on doctors and hospitals, she had been to the, to the priests, she had been to the temple, she had done all that stuff, could not get healing. She hears Jesus is coming along, he's in the middle of a crowd, she just goes, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his robe, the, the, the edge of his robe, I know that I can be healed. If I can just touch him, if I can just get in his presence, Why? Because something was letting her know that now it wasn't the place that was the intersection of heaven and earth. It was a person. Are you following me today? That was the intersection of heaven and earth. Watch this. 
There was a group of men that had a friend that was paralyzed and they got sick of watching the man lay on his mat of paralyzation and wallow in his self-pity and live in that hurt and live in that pain and live in that stuff. So they each grabbed a corner of the mat. They said, we're going to where Jesus was. Jesus was teaching in a home that was so packed out they couldn't even get in the door. So they raise him up some way, shape or form. They put him on a roof. They dig a hole in the roof and they drop him down. And it's just like somebody just lowering down right now, right in front of me. They lower him down in front of him. Jesus heals the man, but not only that, he looks at him and says, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. So now, not only is Jesus offering healing, but he's also, also offering forgiveness. It's the intersection. Jesus becomes the intersection of heaven and earth in that moment. In fact, I want to show you in Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, what Jesus says. He makes this statement. He says, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. In other words, he's saying, as I do the miraculous work through the Spirit of God, as I cast out demons, as I heal people, as I offer forgiveness, as all these things are taking place, as all this stuff is happening, I want you to know it's not just me standing before you doing these things. It is literally the kingdom of God coming from heaven to earth. It is the intersection of the power of God on earth as it, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is saying, now I am the temple. You don't have to go to a place for forgiveness. Watch this. Here's your first shareable. Because Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. Hear me. I want to I tell you this as they leave that up for a minute. You are not enough. You are not enough. You will never be good enough, okay enough, smart enough, strong enough, or anything. Because as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit... There's still certain portions of God that are relegated only for him, not for us, because he is God. And the truth of the matter is, you are not enough, but with Jesus, he is enough for everything. In your addiction, Jesus is enough. In your financial struggle, Jesus is enough. In your marriage, Jesus is enough. In your, as you're raising your kids, Jesus is enough as you struggle in the holiday season because you miss a family member. Jesus is enough. As you work through insecurities within yourself, Jesus is enough. It's not within your power. It's within his. We have to understand that Jesus, by himself, nothing else added. He doesn't need your coolness. He doesn't need everything that you can offer. He just needs him because Jesus is enough. He has now become the intersection of heaven and earth. And I think it's really interesting, as we talked about, that Jesus spent three years of ministry, but it took him 30 years to get ready. Some of us want to spend three years getting ready for 30 years of ministry. We want to take the shortcut. God, do the work in me, but don't make it last too long, because if it lasts too long, then I won't get the glory. I won't be on a screen. I won't have the popularity, blah, 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 whatever. It's not about you. Jesus is enough. It's not my preaching. It's not your singing. It's none of, it is Jesus and Jesus alone. If it took the Savior of the universe 30 years to get ready for three years of ministry, why do I think I can cut the corners? I can't microwave what was meant to be put in an oven. I can't, I can't microwave a cake that takes a long time to bake. The truth of the matter is some of us, God's got great things in store for us, but we have to go through preparation before we ever get to a platform. Don't seek the platform. 
seek the provider. Seek Jesus because Jesus is enough. So we see this transition take place to where it goes from it's a place that is the intersection of heaven and earth to now it's a person in Jesus that is the intersection of heaven and earth. And then we see after his death and after his resurrection in the book of Acts, we see something begin to shift in Acts 1 and, and then in Acts 2. And Acts 2 takes place. And there's 120 people in a room praying, and it says they were all praying in the same mind. In other words, they were all praying for the same thing. There's power in unity. We can't ask God to move whenever we're all divided on what we want him to move in. Are you with me today? And so we got to be in this thing. And so it says that they were all in one mind, and they were all praying for the same thing. And watch this. This amazing... Um, I just lost my place. This amazing situation takes place in Acts chapter 2. The Holy Spirit comes down. The Holy Spirit begins to move in their lives. He comes and Peter stands up. And Peter begins to preach the kingdom. He begins to preach the salvation through Jesus. And he begins to preach the kingdom of God and God our Father. And he begins to preach all these things that are contrary to anything that the Roman Empire and all had wanted us to believe in that moment. He begins to preach and under the power of the Holy Spirit... 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus through the kingdom of God. In that one moment, it went from 120 to 3,000 like that. And I wonder sometimes, where is the explosion of people excited about Jesus? And I wonder if it's not because we're more worried about a thing or a place or, 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 or any of that stuff. Whenever God said, I am enough. So how does Peter go to be able to preach and have the power? Because Jesus is the one that offered forgiveness, not Peter. Peter preaches 3,000 people, people give their lives to Jesus. Then in Acts chapter 5, you see just a couple chapters later to where Acts chapter 5, he's walking down the road and it says they're bringing the sick and they're laying them in the streets and when his, and when his shadow passes by them, they are healed. Wow, what a powerful moment that you can just walk by somebody and all of a sudden it's poof, you're, all, you're healed, woo! That'd be, that'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? But the truth of the matter is, what changed? Because that was Jesus. That was the temple. But now Peter? What happened with Peter? Why is Peter the guy? And then all of a sudden this is starting to happen. You go and you read the, the stories of the apostle Paul, things similar to that begin to happen. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. And then chapter, uh, verse 8, it says this. It says, gathering them together, he, being Jesus, commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard of from me. For Jesus baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then skip down to verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and even to the remotest parts of the earth. What is a witness? A witness is somebody that can speak of an encounter and let you know what it's like. In other words, a witness is an intersection of an encounter and a desire. Come on. He said, you will be my witnesses. You will be my intersection through the power of the Holy Spirit to tell people about how great I am. I want you to hear me when I say this. When the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when we give our lives to Jesus and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we begin to walk with God, watch this. We now become the intersection of heaven and earth. 
Throughout the entire time, God's been setting it up so that we can encounter him and he can accomplish great and mighty and powerful things through us. He's been setting it up for this. So we see it go from the temple that's the intersection to the man of Jesus is the intersection to now he says, you now are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You now are the ones. Watch this, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. It's going to come on the screen. It says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in who? You. So remember the first question. How many of you want to be a part of something greater than yourself? Hands all over the room. I would venture to say people online were, yeah, right here, I want to be a part of something greater than myself. Here's the great thing. Here's the good news for you today that you need to understand, you need to hear, you need to feel, you need to, you need to get into, and it's this. <laughs> God wants you to be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's not just about what can I accomplish. God's about what can I build with you and through you as you join together arm in arm, hand in hand, shoulder to shoulder. God wants to build great things through you and in you and with you. He doesn't want to leave you out. I know you're sitting there today and you're like, I'm disqualified. I'm not good enough. I'm this, I'm that. God doesn't care. It's about submission and saying, God, I want you to do in me what you want to do in me. I accept the salvation of Jesus in your life. And when we do that, we become the intersection of heaven and earth. The good news, why this fires me up so stinking much when I talk about this, is the fact that God believes in me and he believes in you enough to go, I want you to build something great. I need you so that I can bring heaven to earth. I want you to be a part of whatever you need to be a part of. I want you, your, your skills, your frustrations, your shortcomings, your, your, your everything you've got, everything that's good, everything that's bad, your past, your future, your present, whatever it looks like, I want you to be a part of that. Check this out in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 19 through 22, it says this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens, fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's house, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fit together is now growing into a holy temple of the Lord. Watch this. In whom you, somebody say you, also are being built, what? Together into a dwelling of God in the spirit. You and me are now being built together, not individually together, into the dwelling of the Spirit of God, into the intersection of heaven and earth. When you build something, I've learned, as I was looking at the building process before um, God blessed us with the building that we currently have right now, I learned something about building is building is, your building is only going to be as good as the builder and the materials. The builder and the materials. Because here's the truth, the bad builder costs you a lot of money, takes a lot of time, cuts a lot of corners, gives you a headache all the time, is frustrating, you kinda gotta babysit them, right? The bad builder, watch this, a bad builder also uses bad materials because a bad builder will cut corners whenever it needs to be built a certain way. 
But a good builder will pick the right materials, may even save you a little bit of money, but he's going to do it the right way so you get a quality product. He's going to do it. He's a man of his word, so he's going to do it as close to the time frame as he gave you, right? And the truth of the matter is, it's all, your building is only as good as the builder and the materials. Here's what we know about God. We can trust him as the builder. We've seen over time, we can trust God as the builder. We just have to let him stop fussing with him to cut corners and start letting build the way that he needs to build. But now there's parts of us where we go, okay, if God's the builder and he's building something with me and he's doing something with me, then here's what I, I question. Sometimes, if I'm gonna be real honest with you, I question God's choice in materials. I do, I, I, I question his time frame. I question his, his, the, his motives. God, why are you putting me through this? Why do I need to go through this? And I question his materials because we just read in First Corinthians, I mean in Ephesians chapter 2, that we are the building stones. He's building us. He's using us as the building blocks. He's using us as the ones. Come on up, Pastor Mark. He's using us as the blocks. And so I want to go, God, why are you using me? What is the reality? And here's the truth. As he builds, every block has a name on it. As he builds his kingdom, as he builds his temple, as he builds the intersection for heaven and earth for people to know about him in a greater way, every block has a name on it. This is, he goes, hey, Brandon, I want you to be a part of this, man, and so I'm going to put you right there. And I'm like, okay, great. And here's where we can fall. We can go, okay, I'm in the block. I'm, I'm being used right now. I've given my life to God. I've given him everything. I'm doing what I need to do. This is great. This is wonderful. And God goes, yeah, 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 that's great. That's wonderful. But you're not the only block that needs to be put on the building. And so then he goes, hey, I need you to reach not just yourself and not just worry about you, but hey, how about your wife? Yeah, that'd be a good thing. So now you got two. What about your kids? What about your kids, your family? Can I, can I just tell you something? That if we'll learn this, if I'd have learned this earlier in life, it would have saved me a lot. Your first ministry is your family. Your first ministry is your family. If you reach everybody else and lose your family, you've lost. What about your wife? What about your kids? What about the guy that you don't even like? Y'all don't act holy. You know who I'm talking about. You hear their name and you're like, oh Lord. You hear their name and you're like, yes, I don't even want, just don't even say their name. Get all red faced. Guess what? They got a place in the building. Man, the addict that doesn't know how to get through their struggles and doesn't know how to, how to work forward and push forward. They got a place in the building. Hey, the person that wronged you and hurt you, guess what? They got a place in the building. The person that's driving you crazy right now in line at Walmart, they deserve. How many times have we passed over somebody and forgot that maybe they have a place in the building too? Because here's the truth. There's nobody, this is what you need to know. There's always room for everyone in God's family. There's room for everyone in God's family. There's room for you. Yeah, of course, I got it all together. Indication number one, you probably don't. 
There's room for your, your family members. There's room for strangers. There's room for your parents. There's room for whoever. How many blocks are we leaving off to the side? And God says, no, no, no. That block has a name. That block's got a name. Don't skip over it. Bring them to the place where they can meet Jesus. You are the intersection of heaven and earth now. They can experience forgiveness and healing and salvation through Jesus with you right where you see them. We can, we can invite anybody we want to invite to church because we're they got a name on the block. We can fill Christmas services four times over. Why? Because everybody has a name on the block. Everybody has a block that needs to be put right there. Because I don't know about you, but in my life, sometimes I need to be reminded that not only is my name important, but so is theirs. So is theirs. Well, who is them? I don't know. That's up to you. Co-worker? family member ex-spouse child person you ain't talked to in 15 years who is it because here's here's what I know since we're all the temples in the intersection of heaven and earth now when we give our lives to Jesus when we gather in this room Jesus is glorified and my Bible tells me that when we glorify his name his presence fills the room his presence fills the temple so when he fills you as the temple and he fills me as the temple this whole room gets filled and guess what happens in the presence of Jesus everything changes that's why there's power in meeting together that's why the Bible tells us forsake not the gathering of the brethren because there's something powerful that happens when the temples gather in the temple to worship God. Watch me. Who are the names that we need to remember? Who are the names we need to reach? Because watch this, it's not just about you going to heaven. See, God, Jesus died to give us access to the kingdom through salvation. But watch this, the spirit empowers us to build the temple on earth as it is in heaven and he wants you and he wants me to be a part of that you know why I push building the church and inviting people and growing so much it honestly has nothing to do with seeing seats filled that's a great feeling but every seat is a block in the temple And so I don't know about you, but this pumps me up because now I get to walk out and go, man, I get to be a part of something that big. I get to be a part of something that great. I get to be a part of something that powerful. I get to be the intersection of heaven and earth. Are you kidding me? Me, the one that was a drunk, the one that was doing this, the one that was doing that, the one with these thoughts, the one with these desires. You're kidding me, right? And God's like, no, because I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never walk away from you. I will always believe in you, Brandon.
dependent. I will always believe in who I created you to be, not who you've created yourself to be. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Some of us need to walk out of here knowing God believes in you so much that he's depending on you to be a block in the building that he is doing. Would you stand to your feet today? God, listen to me. You matter to us and you matter to God. He believes in you. I believe in you. Let's go build something. Let's stop waiting on everybody else. Let's go out and just be crazy about building something. Let's, let's, let's fill up four services next week because here's what I know. Jesus is going to be glorified in this room and lives will be forever changed in this room. Let's get them here and let's watch it happen. Let's watch it happen. Let's build something great right here. Let's watch God change people for eternity right here with us. Would you bow your heads? If you're in the room or if you're online and there's a moment where you're like, I, I, got, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I want to give him everything I have. I submit my life to Jesus. If you're in the room or online and that's you, I just want to ask you to raise your hand as high as you can or you can indicate on the chat that you want to pray that prayer. Just right where you are, just raise your hand. I just want to pray with you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Jesus, for anybody that's in their heart with their hand raised, that's online with their heart lifted high to you, that they want to give their life to you today, I pray forgiveness over them. God, that they would walk forward in submission with you. God, we're grateful that you died to give us access to eternity. And God, you went to the right hand of the Father so the Spirit can empower us to be the temple, the intersection of heaven and earth. God, I'm grateful for that. And Lord, I just pray right now for every person that gives their heart to Jesus today on this, online, whether it's on the podcast or on video or in this room, I just pray forgiveness over them. And we thank you for welcoming us into the family of God each and every day. Now, God, I just pray that right now that we would take the building personally that we would build your kingdom, we would build your reach, we would build your expanse, that we, not only we are a part of the blocks and a part of the building, but so is everybody else to help us reach people. And God, I pray right now for miraculous things to take off from this point forward. God, thank you for believing in us. Thank you for giving your love, giving your life, giving your heart. We honor you and we will build. We love you. In your name we pray. Come on, make some noise if you believe, God. Come on.